This show, episode 28 of the third season of Paris, Good Food and Wine, was aired on over 200 plus U.S. public radio stations across the nation, thanks to Sprouts, a syndicated weekly show on the Pacifica Radio Network. Its mandate is to give some sunshine to independent radio podcast producers wherever they may be found. This is the original podcast version with a slightly edited version, primarily for length, airing on Sprouts via U.S. public radio stations for the month of July. And so, here you have it. Branding out of the box. How entrepreneurs in the food and wine world took their brands big. Featuring Michelle and Augustin Cookies and Crackers, Castel Frere Wines, Maison Bremont and Feast 1830, Le Bal and Terrell's Chips. Speaking on behalf of Michel and Augustin is Guillaume Poussin. This show was brought to you by the generous support of Paris Food and Wine and Michel and Augustin Cookies and Crackers, available at many Starbucks outlets across the United States. Paris Good Food and Wine is the first and still only English language radio show podcast about food and wine produced in and broadcast from Paris, France. I'm Paige Donner, the show's creator, host, and producer. Thank you for listening. Please like our Facebook page at Paris Food and Wine. You can follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and on Instagram at Page Food Wine. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We hope you'll enjoy Paris Good Food and Wine and share it with your food and wine enthusiast friends. Welcome to Sprouts. Radio from the Grassroots, a weekly program that showcases radio production by independent community media. We bring local stories to a national audience, produced at a different location every week. I'm Paige Donner of Paris Good Food and Wine in Paris, France. Today on Sprouts, we'll look at branding out of the box how food and wine entrepreneurs took their companies global. Tyrrells was founded in 2002 by, by William Chase, Herefordshire potato farmer, whose bread and butter business was trading potatoes. And with all the knowledge that he had, had the insight to just try something different. And, um, you know, for the entrepreneurs that are out there, it's not necessarily coming up with something brand new, but maybe a twist on something that exists already. This roundtable discussion took place at the newly restored Le Belle Blomet Paris Cabaret and Restaurant, 
Our guests today feature representatives of food and wine brands that started out small and then went global. These are Terrell's Chips, founded in 2002 by a potato farmer in Herefordshire, England. Michelle and Augustine Cookies, created by the company's namesakes, who got their pastry-making certificates while doing their business degrees back in 2004. Maison Bremond, 1830, which is the newest family-run fine food shop from Provence by the founder of L'Occitane. We'll also be hearing from Le Bal Blomet Cabaret and Restaurant, resurrected from the ashes of its once-glorious Parisian past. And not to forget the wine part of the equation, we have Castel Frere, who's based in Bordeaux, with us here in the studio. They're the world's third largest wine company, topped only by Gallo and Constellation brands. And what's more, they sell 80% of their wines just in France. So welcome to the Paris Good Food and Wine podcast. And this one is branding out of the box. And we have here an assortment of some major French and also European Union uh, brands that have become household names and also a French wine brand that may not yet be a household name in the United States, but in France is the largest by volume selling wine producer. I'll just pass this to you. So we're going to start with the representative from Castel. I'll let you tell your name and a little bit about your company and when it was founded. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So my name is Romain Menil, so I work for uh, Castel Frère. So Castel Frère was founded in 1949 uh, by Pierre Castel. So it's still a family company uh, today, the third uh, generation uh, leading the company. We are today the leading wine company in Europe, the third one uh, internationally. So we are chateau owner, so we own 19 chateaux uh, in France, but we are also a brand builder, so... As you say, Paige, today in France, among the top 20 brands, so we own 13 brands. And next, we're here at this gorgeous venue called the Bal Blomet, which is a cabaret and restaurant, and we're going to be hearing from the general manager. So the company is very new, but uh, the cabaret is old. It was a, a huge cabaret in the 1920s and sort of slowly fell, fell into... Um, it was a bit forgotten, and then we, the current owner, Guillaume Cornu, had decided to completely revamp it, modernize it in the exact same place that the 1920s cabaret was, and uh, added a restaurant to it, and it's, uh, we started the concerts in March, and the restaurant just before that in January of this year. And my name is Helen Perel. Uh, and my name is Kath White, and uh, I'm International Marketing Manager for Tyrell's Crisps. So I've been with Tyrrells for 12 years and the company was founded back in 2002 um, and I work at Tyrrells Court Farm which is a beautiful little farm in the a county called Herefordshire in, in England. Um, I'm very proud to say that outside of the UK France is our biggest market um, and we have I think created a premium crisp category in France and French consumers get the, the humour of the packs, the, the story of the brand and um, very much sort of like the authenticity that Tyrrells brings. So, yeah, it's a, a very successful aperitif snack. My name is uh, Géraldine Nézère, and I'm working for Monsieur Bosson, who is the uh, creator and the owner of a big group 
uh, with Maison Bremont, which is a grocery, uh, and we, we sell mainly olive oil and products from Provence. We have a biscuitry, and uh, we try to um, make a great selection directly from the producer, big producer, no, small producer, sorry, <laughs> uh, of good products from this region, which is the southeast of France. Hello, my name is Guillaume. I'm a sales manager at Michel Augustine. Uh, it's a young and fast-growing company that was founded in 2004 by two friends, Michel and Augustine. And our goal is to spread the French pastry know-how everywhere in the world. So we'll turn right back to Guillaume, with, who's with Michel and Augustin. And um, as he just mentioned, that brand was started in 2004, and we're now only in 2017, and you've already conquered the United States, in addition to France, and met many markets. And one of the things that you did, that you were instrument, you personally were instrumental in, is getting your cookies and crackers into Starbucks. Can you give us a little bit of an anecdote? And Because I'm sure this is going to inspire a lot of entrepreneurs. So actually, we opened a new office in New York City, in Brooklyn, in 2015. And we started working to spread our products everywhere in New York. One day, on oh no, it was a Friday night, we received a phone call from a guy at Starbucks that says, Hello guys, can we get some samples for us in Seattle for next Monday? So... Antoine, our manager, back there in Brooklyn, called us in front and said, Hey guys, I had a phone call from people of Starbucks. They just want to get our cookies for next Monday. What What should we do? So we, we thought about it and we said, We cannot just send cookies for them. We have to send, to send them all the adventure of Michel and Augustine. What we are, the cookie certified, the, the pastry certified people and everything. So we decided not to send samples, we decided just to send people with samples. And we sent Charlotte and Hassan, they took a plane on Saturday with, with samples, and they went to Seattle. And also on the French social networks, we started something, we asked our, co our community to get engaged with us. And we said, people, help us meet with Howard Schultz, who is just the founder of Starbucks, and also one of our idols. <laughs> actually. On Wednesday, it was quite a surprise. He said, come, please come in my office and have a coffee with me. Charlotte and Hassan showed him all the social network things that we had, all the people in France with the hashtag, come on Howard, have a coffee with us. And Howard Schultz said, wow, guys, it is just amazing. Thank you. It's, I will make your dream come through, come true. Sorry. You will be in the, in, in 7,000 point of sales starbucks <laughs> coffee shops in next month so it was quite a, it was quite a big deal for us we had to wait 6 months to get there because it was a we have some production issues but we did it that's a very inspiring story it also puts points the finger straight to that whole fulfillment issue it's like if you're a small if you're still a fairly small brand and somebody big like carrefour or walmart in the united states or starbucks all of a sudden uh, orders your your cookies now you have to fulfill thousands and thousands of and sometimes that can be a bit of a crunch issue for for smaller for smaller companies so you were able to address that I'm going to turn now to Geraldine uh, Geraldine as you mentioned a moment ago you're um, you work with Olivier Bosson and you're one of his main representatives here in Paris and Mr. Bosson may not be a household name in the United States but everybody knows what L'Occitane is 
That's for sure. And he is the original founder of the body care and well, well-being brand, also based in Provence. So he has remained, I know, yeah, he has remained in, in Provence and ha- remained very rooted in his region and his community. And so now his, um, one of his new things is he, uh, rebranded Premier Premier Pression Provence, which is a, a mouthful even for me, and and now has created Maison Bremont et Fils, which 1830, uh, which is when it was originally founded. So he's now bought an older company that was based in Aix or Avignon, Aix en Provence. So anyway, tell us a little bit of, of, about that, and 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 also I'd love to hear the story behind you guys's buying two of the biscuitry for for Calquier. Ten years ago, I decided to to be much more on Provence and and uh, you know just uh, trying to make a again a great selection of different products, olive oil, and that's why I create uh, this biscuiterie because La Davette, this is a famous biscuits of Marseille. Uh, he asked his best friend, one of his best friend, uh, Pierre Hermé, which is um, maybe probably. Uh, you know. Go ahead, you can see it. Okay, Pierre Hermé. Okay, right. <laughs> and uh, just to think uh, again of this recipe, because in Marseille it's quite tough. You know, it's made with uh, flour, water, and olive oil, of course, always very present in all the cookies and all the uh, uh, recipes in, in Provence. And uh, he said, why don't we put some butter? Well, still putting some olive oil and uh, orange blossom too, which is uh, um, very specific. And then they make this recipe, this new recipe, and it's like a, what we call in France a sort of sablé, much more than something which is too, you know, t- top uh, stick. And uh, actually it has a great success in our shop. You're listening to Sprouts, radio from the grassroots, a weekly program bringing you local radio productions of national interest. I'm Paige Donner, coming to you from Paris, France. We're discussing rocketing entrepreneurs in the fields of food and wine. Our guests today are Castel Frere Wines, based in Bordeaux, Maison Bremond, 1830 Gourmet Food Shops, Michelle and Augustin Cookies and Snacks, Terrell's Chips, and Le Bal Blomet Cabaret and Restaurants. Okay, Kath White, you're representing Terrell's, and that's uh, you referenced in your when you introduced yourself that it's a very big brand here in France. It's also a hugely popular brand in the United States. Now, one of the phenomenal things when I was, you know, researching a bit that I came across was the fact that, so your brand was founded by a potato farmer, as you mentioned, in Herefordshire, and um, who needed to do something with his potatoes. So that's extremely entrepreneurial in itself. But a mere six years later, in 2008, he sold the company for 40 million pounds. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, because those those statistics seem just, you know, mind-blowing. Or or fill me in on the details if you can. Yeah, so he he literally struck gold with his potatoes. Um, yeah, Tyrrells was founded in 2002 by by William Chase, Herefordshire potato farmer, who whose um, bread and butter business was trading potatoes and with all the knowledge that he had, had the insight to um, to just try something different. And 
um, you know, for the entrepreneurs that are out there, it's not necessarily coming up with something brand new, but maybe a twist on something that exists already. And kettle chips had already been in the market, I think, for, for the best part of 10, 15 years. Um, but there was just an emerging trend, really, um, amongst retail in in within some publications and some other food brands where provenance and the story behind your your product was becoming more and more relevant and interesting and so the world of mass marketing brands was being challenged so what he created was was you know simply a, a, a product with a bit of a backstory and he was growing the potatoes around the farm and growing special varieties um, cooking them in a, a special way. I mean, he had a, a really small team of local people who were just perfecting these recipes. He was testing them with local farm shops and delis and just using his network, you know, for free research and insight and developing things, you know, at, at real pace. And I guess he had this notion of my product is better. What I'm doing is better than what's out there at the moment. And it was a premium product. And what he did was seed that product with premium retailers and outlets. Um, so in the UK, you know, it'd be the Fortnum & Mason, the Harrods, the Harvey Nichols, the Selfridges, and a whole raft of, you know, really lovely farm shops and delis, what we class as independent retailers. And then soon after, you know, started making vegetable crisps and then started, you know, selling in France. And again, the, the VIP of the, the retailers. And what he created very quickly was was a, a really uh, a premium, some quality rich brand, which had a lovely story. It's you know it's me, the potato farmer. They're my fields, they're my potatoes. It's my farm where I was born. I can tell you know I can look out to the field and tell you that that potato at you know harvest time could be harvested in the morning and turned into crisps by the afternoon. And to prove how good they are, I've created naked crisps. You know, they're naked as the day they were born. And, and what he instilled was his personality and humor into it as well. So by 2008, he'd expanded into, you know, some of, of the UK's bigger retailers, so Waitrose and the co-op. And I guess what he had was just a really attractive proposition. And British consumers were, were just all over it um, as a of provenance rich alternative to kettle chips and other private label products but I guess by 2008 um, William Chase you know he'd sold and it was time for the brand to just stand on its own two feet and when you have a personality leading a brand and then they decide to leave and go off and in this case make vodka which he's now doing very successfully out of potatoes the brand had to take the things that were at the core to, to make it survive really so you know, the humor, the personality, the packaging or pack advertising, as we call it, and just the brilliant provenance that is still there. Thank you so much, Kath. That's very insightful. It also, it's also a bit reminiscent of, in my mind, of Olivier, Olivier Bosson's first enterprise, which is Occitan, because his soul really stayed in there. And yet he's gone on, I guess, like William Chase has gone on to create vodka. Um, Mr. Bosan has gone on to create several other businesses. And the most recent one is Maison Bremont. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Paris Good Food and Wine is the first and still only English language radio show podcast about food and wine produced in and broadcast from Paris, France. I'm Paige Donner, the show's creator, host, and producer. Thank you for listening. Please like our Facebook page at Paris Food and Wine. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and on Instagram at Page Food Wine. And you can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Okay, so now well, we're going to shift from cookies and crackers and, and chips into a venue, which is, is a very interesting proposition because it's a, it's a restaurant cabaret. And historically, the, I mean, the place is steeped in history. It's where, if I'm not mistaken, Josephine Baker first performed here. And where, I mean, which is, you know, it's like she, you know, she's very famous for performing at some of the other venues in Paris. But uh, this place, as soon as you step inside here, you think this is the real deal. This is where, where Hemingway and Fitzgerald used to hang out. So uh, tell us a little bit about why you and, and Guillaume, the, the owner, decided to revamp an existing old place, you know, rather than start fresh somewhere else. Actually, it's more jumping on an opportunity because this place was for sale. It had slowly fallen into disuse. Um, the great cabaret of the 20s was closed during World War II, and then it was a variety of things. It was a cafe, it was a yard, it was a, a jazz club, it was a Latino um, like salsa club, and had been eventually closed down and was sort of waiting there. And uh, because of its historical significance, the town hall didn't just want to grant a permit to turn it into anything. I think some accountants tried to make it into an accounting office. But um a uh, reason why Guillaume got the permit was because he wanted to jump back onto that heritage and really create a place that took it back to its historical cultural roots that it opened up for performance, for art. And that was much more than just um, a, a business. Obviously, this is a business. But the the history and culture is really behind our brand and behind what we want and to people to remember when they come in here, when they leave. And it helps us to have uh, this because already this is something that uh, media can talk about that is still very much anchored in the Parisian's mind. I mean, I have clients every day who tell me stories about their grandmother coming here when they when she was younger and dancing here and partying here. And so the 20s is a long way away, and, and yet still there are people who remember this place. All right, we're going to turn now to Castel, who's, who's uh, I mean, you, you are all, as we say in America, 900-pound gorillas because you are all major, major brands. But Castel, really, I have to say, you, you really blow my mind because you are the biggest uh, wine producer in, in Europe. Okay, you're the biggest wine producer in Europe. And then there are only actually two other brands that are bigger than you globally, which is Constellation and Gallo. Is that correct? So... Take it away. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the founding of your brand and, oh, do you sell your wines here in France? Are you moving into the U.S.? Are you known for rosé? So, so we were on the first brand to believe into rosé in France. I know that rosé is quite popular and uh, in the U.S. too, but uh, you have to know, I think that French people are the most drinker of rosé in the world. We drink more rosé wine than white wine right now. It's quite crazy. And we really believe in rosé into Roche Mazé brand. And we have more rosé now into the range that wine and red wine to make people try different tastes of rosé. And we also participate to the development of bag in box, 
in French, which is a new way to consume wine. So it's not wine in a bottle, but it's wine in a box. So you can uh, change your habit of consuming wine with that. You don't have to finish the bottle uh, during your dinner. You can keep the bagging box open for two months, and the wine it's still it's still okay to to drink. And uh, it's why Paige, you think you you call me today it's to to speak about our new innovation. It's the box for bagging box because we think that today. French people are not proud of uh, bagging box. They let it in kitchen because they think it's maybe not something to speak about during the table because uh, you hide it in the kitchen. You just take a glass quickly and bring it to your guest. So we created a special box. We are launching that for our community first and we will see if it's successful to launch it in a higher scale. You're absolutely right, Roman. I, I saw a prototype of that a couple of months ago, and it's very elegant. I mean, it's covered, it's, it's like the shape of a box, and it's covered in faux leather, you know, like a, a serene gray and white. And you get, you could actually put the wine box inside of it, and I can easily see that being used to serve at a garden party or a lawn party or anything where bottles may be a little bit, you know, problematic to, to be carrying and serving. And so, yeah, I, I you know, it, it's just, it takes um, branding even that much farther. And it also touches on the really relevant issue of uh, packaging, you know, how relevant packaging is to, in terms of, of communicating a brand and bringing a, a brand forward. Not long ago, a few weeks ago, I was at a big tech startup salon here in Paris, and one of the huge exhibitors was Carrefour, which everybody here knows Carrefour. It's the equivalent to our Walmart in the United States. It's the absolutely huge warehouse uh, grocery store you know, kind of concept. And they were actually putting a call out for the next generation of entrepreneurs, the next food in innovators. And it got me thinking, when I realized I was going to be talking to all you major brands today, it got me thinking, well, what do brands think about this? I mean, you've gone through the struggle now. You've realized phenomenal success in a really quite fairly short amount of time. So are you now looking to hire that new talent, like the next patissiers, you know, the next uh, potato farmers, you know, the next winemakers? Or are you looking maybe to offer support to the next startup generation in, in whatever way? Let's start with Guillaume and, and pass it around the table. For us at Michel and Augustine, we have a role to play for supporting people to, to and also to spread the French pastry know-how. So that is why in our company, everybody, everybody has to pass a, a certain diploma, a pastry diploma, and also we get fans of our company to pass a diploma with us. And those fans, we, we recruit them only if they have an incredible project and if they want to change their lives or if they they are at a point of their life when when we can help them this is the the first thing on the other hand we also are a young company and started with the with two guys Michel and Augustine and it's an entrepreneur story really for maison bremont i think that uh, my job is to give passion and recommendation. I mean, uh, don't forget that this is still a small company 
with big ambition and even family business. And the head is our mentor, <laughs> is still uh, Olivier Bosson. I think that, for example, me, I'm in charge of a little shop in the ninth district in Paris. And every day it's a new challenge just to uh, explain how the little producer of olive oil works and how we do the, uh, the little biscuits. It's, it's always a story to, to tell and to, so we are at the opposite of a supermarket. Uh, so at Tyrrell's, um, I mentioned earlier, we're based uh, at Tyrrell's Court Farm in Herefordshire, which is quite remote, <laughs> a very rural location. Um, so attracting lots of new talent can be quite a challenge sometimes. And But there's a great team there, but um, we have a great apprenticeship scheme, which um, is in collaboration with the local, col local college. And there's about 10 people at Tyrrell's now who have come in through the apprenticeship scheme and have stayed in the restaurant part, I myself really like working with kind of smaller, newer, more independent brands. I mean, we sell Michel and Augustin cookies on our, uh, as snacks in our concert venue, so that's nice to meet them. And uh, I also like working with sort of smaller alcohol brands. I find that new brands are often more dynamic, they're more responsive, you can have a more personal relationship, and often they try and base their really base our products on authenticity and like having a, a story behind and I think as a restaurant we transform or resell these other products and it's easier for us to sell something when we believe in the product when we can tell that story to our customer because in the end that's what they want to hear and that's what they want to buy. Yeah so in Castel Stress for, for sure we we also doing a lot for developing uh, talents, but we we don't just want to develop talent internally in Castel. We want also to develop talent externally of our company, and we developed two years ago the Chateau and Domaine Castel Sommelier Cup. So it's a event we organize uh, every year. So in one place in Europe, where we invite some uh, sommelier uh, student to uh, develop the skill, to try and to experiment new tastes. And there is a competition and the winner have to organize the next competition in this country. It's a way for him to develop his awareness. So we were doing that only in Europe for the moment. But next year, we are going to launch the first uh, uh, Chateau and Domaine Castel uh, Sommelier Cup in Asia. Great. That's really fascinating. Very inspiring to hear. That's it for Sprouts. You've been listening to... Romain Menil of Castel Frere, Guillaume Poussin of Michel and Augustin, Géraldine Lazare of Maison Bremond, 1830, Hélène Thorel of Le Bal Blomé, and Kath White of Tyrell's, talking about their brand's humble entrepreneurial foundations and how they took their branding out of the box to achieve explosive growth. I'm Paige Donner, host and producer of Paris Good Food and Wine, coming to you from Paris, France. Music you heard included Attacked by Cherubs by C.P. Bryan, provided by freesoundtrack.com. The Sprouts theme music is Torpedoes on Tuesday by Poison Control Center. Sprouts is a weekly program produced in collaboration with community radio stations and independent producers across the country bringing you local radio productions of national interest. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible. And especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on iTunes. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and like us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine.